People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello everybody, how the devil are you all? Welcome back to another episode of Bizarre Tales with me and Lee. Uh, been a, a few weeks, so welcome back and hopefully we've got a, a continuation of a story. Um, for those of you who have listened to, uh, what episode was it? 30? 38 I think. 38, it was, yeah. yeah. So we're continuing on from Which that Which was story. Theories Part 1. Theories Part 1. Fairy Folklore Part 1. Fairy Folklore. Yeah, so for those of you who uh, are into your fairies, we're uh, talking about Tinkerbell and garden gnomes, and are we? Or are we not? <laughs> well, that's, no, we're not. <laughs> that's how they can present themselves. <clears throat> well, that's Brownies, the... dwarves, fairies, pixies, elves, leprechauns, dogs. Yeah. But it's not your conventional type, is it? You know, it's not your Disney. Well, the fairies with the wings—they don't just don't exist in reality. No, they're just never, never seen. It's never been seen. It's just bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, Disney special effects. Yeah. So it's totally—it's somewhat totally different. Again, most fairies look like goblins. Hmm. If you if you get the picture in your head of a fairy, that's kind of what it is—a sprite, a goblin, that sort of thing. See, I always think of like. A miniature golem from Lord yeah, of the Rings. It's kind of that, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That. And again, they can be anywhere between sort of few inches tall and four foot tall. Yeah. You know. Um, but then, like I say, they can take the appearance of dogs. They can. They've been known to take the appearance of horses in Scotland, places like that. Um, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the one I saw looked like um, looked like a goblin or a gremlin um, sort of creature, and then. I know one of my daughters saw something the other day and she said it was like a goblin-like creature but it was carrying an orb of light. In its hand it was carrying an orb of light and that's how it's lighting the way. So it was searching for a bag at the bottom of the stairs. Mm. And then it just disappeared. When when she was started coming down the stairs and it realised she was there, gone. But, Weird. Yeah, because I ain't really spoke about this and I never, like, the orb of light, I've never... I've never, and I've read a lot of stories about fairies. I've never, never known that. I've never come across it. Hmm. So where she got that from? If she made it up, I don't know. But she said it was carrying, it was looking in a bag and it had an orb of light up in its hand, like floating in its hand, but it was obviously controlling it. And it was using that as it was searching through the bag with its other hand. It had that above its head, like looking in. Hmm. But I used to, um, years ago, I used to be in the house and... If you had carrier bags in the bedroom for whatever reason, um, one of the one of these birds that I was with, she was she was in she was into like crafts and that, and so she'd have carrier bags and bags of fucking craft shit, you know, like feathers and yeah, stuff that my yeah, kids have, all that yeah. sort of shit. Because she used to make a lot of things like masks, you know, masquerade masks, and yeah, you, know, you can imagine beads. And there's always bags around the bedroom where she'd been. Uh, building shit and every now and again on the night time you'd hear something rummaging through those bags 
You know, the bag go down, rummage around, then the next bag go down, rummage around, then the next bag. And that's how it went. It wasn't all bags at the same time. It was, you could see it was going uh, methodically f- across the bedroom. Mm. And um, I said to her, I said, it was both awake one night. And it was late at night, but we was awake and uh, it was pitch black. And you could hear this going around. And I said, can you hear that? And she was like, yeah. And then, um, I think I might have told this story before, but there was a hair grip. So this chest, the, the, the bedside table, um, you know, had drawers in it. And one of the handles was like decorative. It was like um, a rose type um, knob. Mm. <laughs> and the uh, <laughs> child, the uh, hair grip was hooked through that. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason. And when we mentioned it, he said, you know, can you hear that? And that instantly stopped. And that hair grip just like someone had hit it like a thousand mile an hour. It was just going shh, shh, like that backwards and forwards. <laughs> what the fuck? And then that, and then it stopped. And then it maybe didn't happen for another few months. Yeah. But I had a wrestling match with something unseen in the house. So that's was, where uh, a lot of people would go straight to paranormal. Yeah. I would think, you know, it's a ghost. It's this. Well, it's we that. probably did at the time. But then obviously when she said about seeing that one looking in that bag and it just reminded me, I thought, I wonder if that's what it was then. Yeah. Because it made more sense than a fucking ghost. Hmm. But... Anyway, so last time I spoke about this, which was like, say, 38, um, I gave a couple of stories about a farmer that's seen a, a, a fairy, um, his wife, someone that went missing, uh, missing time, that sort of stuff. And I think I spoke about this last time, but just as a recap, just in case I didn't, I, I spoke about, or maybe I didn't, the two sort of, well, Let's say two. There's actually three, but the fairies have their own sort of code of honor, and so in the fae community, it's it's known as um, basically you've got the spring court and the autumn or winter autumn court. All right, and spring summer ish court is known as the holy court, and the autumn winter court is known as the unholy court. All right, so if you see a fairy in the spring, summertime, it, it's going to go for you good tidings, that sort of shit. You'd probably get away with something quite nice. If it's the autumn, winter time, it's going to be bad news, generally right. speaking. And that's kind of how it was seen. But there is another third category, if you like. Um, and these are the ones that, again, like I say, some of them are friendly with, it, with human beings, but you can get some that are... Uh, not so friendly and um, I think they call them the unseelie is what they call them in the old um, language if you like but these ones wreak havoc okay they're best out of the way of them they will harm you rather than help you Um, they're not actually a member of either court alright so they're not part of the holy court they're not part of the unholy court they're actually sort of uh, cast outs right they choose they they choose this they're not sometimes they can be forced out by by their if you imagine fairies living clans basically um they can be forced out of the clan but they can choose to go on off their own on their own basically uh, and this is how sort of aboriginal people live like a bit like this so i was watching a program not so long ago about this guy who was searching for this gold and he met some Aboriginal people this is in Australia 
and there was a sacred site and this guy had been cast out and they, they, they call these people essentially murderers is what they call them and you you can easily recognize them because they're naked yeah. and they carry a spare and if you approach them anyone approach them they'll kill you they guard the sacred area and that's all they do but they've been cast out by the tribe for murder generally speaking it's murder that's why they call them the murderers but um, they've done something wrong they've been cast out and they're nomadic live off the land there's, there's where they sacred sites are there's always like a water hole so they've got access to water um, and then they live off the land but Aboriginal people do that anyway yeah. but they, they're they basically solitary right and they'll guard a sacred a sacred area this is humans yeah but in the fairy in the fairy realm it's a similar thing the ones that are cast out tend to frequent a, a, a spot so so you'll see like on maps you'll see Devil's Creek you'll see Devil's Pass Devil's this that and Devil's Arse Devil's Arse and, and generally speaking that's that's a place that's got one of these bad jujus about it if you go there you're gonna you're gonna probably run into one of these and it's because that creature if that you want to call it that is guarding that particular location it doesn't want people there right and it'll make that very you know, well known well known as soon as you uh, happen upon it and again some people and this does play into the I know I mentioned it earlier, but and I might go into it a little bit towards the end of this program, but it does sort of play into the missing four one one. Anyone listening to what I'm saying, you'll probably yeah. get that already. Yeah. But it does Dave, the Dave Lydis stuff. Um, again, fantastic fuck shit. Uh, if you listen to it on YouTube and all that, his channel absolutely fantastic. Um, but I mean, I don't read because I'm fucking dyslexical. But um, you know, it's not it's not one of my talents reading. Uh, but uh, uh, by all accounts, his books are brilliant. I mean, he's got yeah. he's got a Bigfoot book out and stuff like that, and apparently they're all brilliant. But I watched his movies; they're all fantastic, and I'll probably review one of them. I meant to before, actually, and um, we'll do that. Uh, we'll do a review. Yeah, we'll do a review of it. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so the role of the courts, okay, are very similar to that of human governmental structures. All right, they are there to build armies, enforce the law, recruit members, uh, and during during the associated seasons of the particular courts, uh, they are to sort the land, uh, the law of the land. All right. So, again, we have these independent parties, uh, these solitary phase, like I say, that can do not swear allegiance to either court, and like I say, if you run into them, you are in. Generally speaking, you are in trouble. Um, now, I spoke about a little bit of this with the rules of engagement. But I think it's worth mentioning again, just before I go into this next story. Um, I'll see if I've got them here, because, as like I said, I think I mentioned... I'm not sure if I did or not in the last... I don't know if I cut it or... But essentially, there's, I don't know, 12 rules of engagement here, but we won't go through them all. But if you encounter a fairy... All right. The general rule is to be polite. Okay. Uh, do not insult them. Interrupt them. They don't like that. Um, or say anything to anger them. Yeah. Um, again, you've got to be careful because they they can be they are dangerous. And yeah. I found that out. You know the one I saw. You know, yeah. I, I probably insulted him, but I did insult him by not taking a drink, and he got very fucking angry very quickly. Um, again, iron. 
Iron is both poisonous to the phase, all right, but it's also a, uh, certain shapes of iron are offensive to them, all right. So if you've got um, if you've got an issue or you want to keep them away from your house, it's common to leave iron objects in your garden, and you'll see this from time to time. You'll see people with anchors in the garden, yeah, you know, and that's yeah. for luck, right? Um, and that's to keep these bad juju away. If you want to look at it like that, that's what they're for. That's why people have them. Um, horseshoe is another example you'll see people that have horseshoes iron horseshoes over the door again that's to ward off these evil spirits um again in in the middle east they have the evil eye don't they it's a similar thing it's not the middle east i've told you this before yes i have an evil eye but they have it in the middle east yeah but it's a pagan tradition well whatever but the, <laughs> they probably came from the middle east originally but they have a similar thing and i know in in china and places like that they hang certain um like herbs over the door, does it does the same? Yeah, it's just same it's a same thing, off, isn't it? It's but a, with the fairies, it, generally speaking, it, it's iron. They don't like it. All right, so again, this is why you see people with horseshoes. People will, everyone listening to this will know someone who's got an horseshoe over the door, and they probably don't even know why anymore. We just say, look, don't we now? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it is. It's just a I say. It's a good luck charm. Yeah, but it's, but it's, it's essentially to keep the bad out, so increases yeah. your luck. All right, so um, they love gifts, yeah, um, and they do like them to be sweet. Now, honey is a favourite. Again, candy, junk food, that kind of stuff. No, no, it has to be natural foods. All right, I know, like, um, like you say to the pagan times, I know they used to have a ritual where they would put a piece of butter behind the house. Yes, certain times of the year, and that was to appease them. You know, butter. Um, but again, you know, they like that. Shiny things will go missing from your house from time to time. That's like, you know, gems, crystals, coins. And that's um, where you get the pot of gold stories. Yeah, they'll, they'll take that and, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but like I say, things other than natural foods are poisonous to them. So if you was to give them something that was processed or something like that, you could run into trouble because they would not appreciate that at all. Milk's another one. Um, that they do like and I've heard stories I know when we had Val Aventura on she talked about brownies and if you leave them a cup of milk out on the night time they will clean your house for you so there you go do you think this where the story of um, like a lot of kids I don't know if your kids do it but I know mine do and I did it when I was younger um, leaving mince pies and milk out for Santa because technically the story of Santa is is an elf yeah well it's probably comes from this these roots without a doubt yeah. I would say yeah yeah probably yeah it wouldn't surprise me at all no um, time spent with the Fae is different to our time it's where you get time slips um, in, the, in the previous episode 38 I talked about this guy who danced with a Fae and to him he'd been missing 15 minutes the sky hadn't changed it was still a summer's evening when the people came to rescue him he'd actually been missing a year and a day um, wow you know, so uh, time's very different for them. And again, you see this in, um, like I said before about the Dave Plyder stuff. I'm not saying this is this is that. You know, I'm not saying that explains that. It probably doesn't. But you do see people that have been, you know, areas that have been searched previously, dogs, all the rest of it. And then the body will be found in an area that's already previously been searched. Like the body wasn't there. You know, and then and, and again, the body might be, you know, a few weeks old, but it might be years or whatever, you know, months, like days after it's gone missing. Yeah. And yet the body's just appears and it's like a couple of, you know, it should have been 
well decomposed and it's not. You see this a lot in the um, when we when we covered the Manchester Canals and things like that. The you know people that go missing and they can be missing for a week and when the coroner examines them, he said they've been in the water for two days. Well, they can't have been if they've been missing a week. Yeah, doesn't make um, sense. And again, I still believe the police know more about that and I hope it will come out. Uh, probably have to recap on that at some point as well. Okay, so things never to say, I'm sorry. If you say things like, I'm sorry, or my apologies, pardon me, these sorts of things, they take that as um, you're saying um, basically like, uh, how can I explain, like, you're sorry, so they're right. Yeah. So if you're saying sorry, they're right, you're wrong. That's why you're apologizing. Do you see what I mean? So if they're trying to, do something, and generally speaking, they are, and you sort of accept responsibility for that. You've basically sealed your own doom. Yeah. But conversely to that, you know, the opposite should be um, should be observed as well. So never say thank you, for instance, or um, you're most kind, or I appreciate that. See what I mean? Yes. It's the same thing because you're leading yourself into a situation where you they can't make you do something against your will, but they can trick you into doing it yeah that that sort of thing again this is where glamour comes into things you know where they make this beautiful banquet in front of you and things like that and you think oh this beautiful chicken leg and that pick it up you eat it and it's a branch but don't matter you've hit it you've hit it now yeah to you it was a, it was a chicken leg it's really a branch and that they've got you um you're not supposed to accept gifts are you but... um, absolutely not um Again, when speaking with a fairy, you've got to listen very carefully because often there is much they are saying that is not, that is unsaid. So reading between the lines, basically. Mm-hmm. Riddles. Uh, again, this, yeah, riddles. This is the way they try and trick you. Um, I say I won't going to go through them all, but I pretty much f- fucking have an eye again. Um, it's all right. I think people, I, I'm finding this quite interesting. Yeah. A lot of this. Uh, like I said, I, I link this a lot of it. You can see where traditions come from, where you can see things from. Obviously, I look at things from like a more philosophical point of view. Yep. And you can see the links between what people knew three, four, five hundred years ago, if not longer, and how the traditions have changed ever so slightly. And now we talk about something completely different. Yeah, I mean, we but put, you can like, still link it back. Yeah, I think so. Because you'll see people who who talk about Bigfoot now as being like some sort of forest guardian. Um, you know, that sort of they give it that sort of um, mm. status, don't they? And originally, the the Fae were that. Mm. You know, they were seen as protectors of the earth. Yeah. You know that sort of stuff, or protectors of a certain area, that kind of thing. And again, offerings were left. You know, we used to. So the, the so the devil didn't come. We used to leave part of the field on 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 mow basically, um, for the devil or for these, and you know it was like an offering. Okay, uh, another thing to be very aware of, and again you'll see this in um, encounters that we we go into with Bigfoot and things like that. But this sense of foreboding, so. If you ever find yourself on a walkabout and have a foreboding sense of being watched or unwelcome, that it that's t- the cue to leave. Mm. That's the fae. That's the energies they produce, and that's their they're telling you to get out. And again, sort of see, what I mean, like a lot of people mistake Bigfoot encounters for I think fairy encounters. 
I do think no, but could you know? You mean you talk about fairies on on a supernatural side? Mm. I would say you think of fairies as this other realm, and they can manifest in certain places and just vanish. And I think I don't know. I know you have a different theory on Bigfoot, but is it possible that Bigfoot is a type of fairy? Yeah, and can absolutely. just appear and disappear. It and is. the reason people, I mean, the biggest thing that people come out with when they say Bigfoot isn't real is, well, no one's actually seen one. No one's yeah, got, no. yeah, no one's got proper, one. yeah, yeah, you can't catch one. No one's got, no one's ever caught a bloody fairy either. No, that's that. You know, that would very much make sense if they were part of this, the fairy not part, kingdom. Yeah, just not part yeah. of this realm. Absolutely. I mean, it's um, until we got a Bigfoot, anything's possible, I suppose. Mm. It could be an alien, couldn't it? Um, I think we've got one. Oh, yeah. Uh, and th- like I say, where- wherever it is around the world, all the governments want to keep it quiet, don't they? So there's something there's about something it. There's something about yeah. it. There's too much evidence out there to suggest it doesn't exist. A fairy will always keep its promise, all right? Although it's going to be rare for you to get a promise out of it. If you can make it promise you, then it will keep the promise, even if it means its own death. Mm. Right? Um... That always takes me back to that joke that you said about the Not the, f- the trucker. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who are... Uh, it is a very, very good joke. It's on one of our Absolute absolute poppycock yeah, uh, episodes. So it'll be one of the first ones as yeah, well. Yeah, you'll have to go over and listen to that. It's brilliant. But As long it, as you're not faint of that. If you're a pussy, don't go, don't go yeah, listen don't, to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah it's not. Um, again, be wary of any agreement they would have faith. They are masters of manipulation and there will always be a loophole in what they've said all right so that's the rules of engagement again a lot of that is probably fairly obvious i would say i think it is i I think especially the uh, apologizing thing you know because i think a lot like you said with with your daughter coming down the stairs and she's seen it now obviously she's not scared because of the the conversation she'll have with you um yeah so in that situation if that obviously that fairy vanished or if it, if, if this is real but vanished gone now if that had turned around and looked at her is it possible that as a child you're going to go sorry didn't mean to interrupt you yeah so it's well, a very yeah. very simple don't speak to it yeah yeah, it was That's a very simple. Don't, don't engage. Yeah, you probably don't even think about it. No, of course it's of course. Yeah, that, and, that, and then you're giving them you're giving them the upper hand. The same in law. You know when you say to when a policeman stops you, and they'll say, "Do you understand?" You know, and you say yes. But what they're actually saying is, "Do you stand under my authority?" Yeah, is what they're saying. So, do you give me permission? Basically, do you regard me as being above you? It's the same as what the fairies do. They, yeah. will, they will use phrases of, and terminologies that might seem on the surface to mean one thing, mm. but they do, they've been in completely different. So do you understand? Just seems like, yeah, yeah, of course I understand. And you'd say yes, wouldn't you? Yeah. But you're actually accepting liability. You're accepting yeah. that you're below them. In It's like if you have a car accident and you say, I'm sorry. As soon as you've done that. You, even you if you haven't done it. Yeah, even the if amount you haven't done it. You bang to rights, yeah. And they, that's the sort of shit that they do. There's a, there's a a little story here about one of these theories that was seen wearing um, 
a blue from a distance. He was when he come closer. He was wearing a blue dress and a and a headdress. All right, with adorned with what seemed to be frills. And when he came upon us, he said to me in a sweet and silvery voice, "The seldom you come to the mountain, the better. A young lady here wants to take you away." Then he told us not to fire our guns because the fairies dislike that and they don't like the noise and he seemed to be like a soldier on um, guard duty as we lose leaving the mountains he told us not to look back and we didn't another time there was a lone fisherman uh, near the same region and he heard a voice it's barefooted and fishing but it must have said his name, so it's Alan Barefooted and Fishing. Hmm. All right. Then came a whistle, like music, and a noise of beating of a drum. Soon, this fairy came and talked with him for an hour and a half. He said, your mother will die in 11 months, and do not let her die unanointed. So that must be like baptized or something. And she did die within 11 months. As he was going away, he warned me, you must be in the house before sunset. Do not delay, do not delay. I can do nothing until I get back into the castle. As I found out afterwards, he was going to take me, but hesitated because he didn't want me. To, he didn't want to leave my mother alone. She's dying. Mm. So this fairy was about to take him and obviously changed his mind at the last minute. Now they are able to do that. These are the solitary ones again. It's up to them what they do. But again, you know, this one took pity on this guy and he got away with it. Um, again, there's a little bit here that says the fairies, they say, never take, never, t- never care about old folks. They only take babies and young men and young women. Uh, if a young wife dies, she is said to have been taken by them. And even afterwards, uh, forever afterwards, to live in fairyland. The same thing about a young man or a child who dies. Fairyland is a place of delights where music and singing and dancing, feasting, continually continually enjoyed. And its inhabitants uh, are all about us, uh, like numerous blades of grass. Yeah. Um, uh, They... The good people live in forts and often take men and women and youths who pass the forts after sunset. So again, this is this belief that there's certain sacred areas that you're not supposed to go. And if you go there at the wrong time, again, this is sunset, you're gone. Now, And again, I know I go back to missing 411, but it's obvious to because you can have four or five people in a group, one goes off, gone. We just turn around and where's he gone? You know, how many times has that happened? And, and those, those, I mean, what has he got? A thousand cases? And that probably happens in what? 600 cases. You know, mm. but if you read this, like I've said before, there's lots of stuff in here. And again, you know, like I say, the, the young man, the young child, those sorts of things, generally they stay away from the older folks. I know we're missing four and one. There's a few older folks that do go missing, but. It was, you know, the belief was that they tried to stay away from those people. Um, again, thing, things, to, ways to prevent this. We've spoke about the placing iron uh, around your house. I mean, even placing iron about the bed was a 
was a no, that was a thing. Um, burning leather in the room, they don't like the smell of that. Not um, really something you'd put in the room, though, is it? Burnt smell of burning leather. No, but if you was worried, you might. Uh, giving mother and child milk of a cow, um, which ha- the cow had, had to eat, and the, the muffin pill wart, which is some sort of plant of virtue or something. But if that cows eat that and you drink, you and your child drink that, you're pretty all right. Um, but you obviously have to milk the cow afterwards. I don't know how long it takes to digest that. Haven't so, got a clue. Just keep drinking from the cow, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, here it's said that they are a race of spirits capable of making themselves visible to mortals when they feel like it. Living in underground places, um, you know, we know those stories where they take healthy babies and change them, changelings, and again, that was throughout the. Yeah, past anywhere you look, they used to cast out children that looked basically you'd say deformed now, wouldn't you? Or like learning difficulties. As horrible as it sounds, yeah, that's absolutely what you do. Yeah, and they just cast them out because they thought the fairies got to them, or the fairies got to them, whichever way you want to look at it. Hmm. All right, so this this story doesn't read too well from what I remember, Um, but we'll we'll give it a go. So this is the story of Anne Jeffries, all right, of St. Teeth, which is somewhere near the north coast of Cornwall. And this account is meant to have been written by a guy called Robert uh, Robert Hunt um, back in 1903. Okay, so Anne Jeffries was the daughter of a poor labouring man who lived in the parish of St. Teeth and was born... 1626. So we're going all the way back to 1626, you know, and there's a number one. Um, a long way away. Yeah, it's supposed to have died in 1698. All right, when she was 19 year old, Anne uh, was uh, remarkably sharp and clever and went to live as a servant for a family of Mr. Moses Pot- Pitt. Fucking okay, I'll get it right. Anne was unusually bold girl and would do things even boys feared to attempt. Of course, in those days, everyone believed in fairies. Why not? And everybody feared those little fairy beings. They were constantly the talk of the people, and Anne sat longingly, anxiously, have to interview some of them. See what I mean? It doesn't really make sense, but that's what it says. So anyway... Uh, it will make sense in a minute, though, I think. So Anne was often abroad after sunset, sundown, turning up fern leaves and looking into the bells of the foxgloves to find fairies singing to them all the time. Fairy, fay, fairy bright, come by me, the chosen sprite. Brilliant singing. Yeah, that. thank you. Quality. Yeah. Um, that, that, again, that's all it says. Yes, there's probably more to that, but she never allowed moonlight, moonlight night to pass without going down to the valley and walking against the stream, singing, "Moon shines bright, water run clear. I am here. Where are you, my fairies, dear?" The fairies were a long time trying this poor girl, for they told her afterwards they never lost sight of her, but they were they would. Be, um, 
so basically they were there all the time she was looking for them these years that she spent trying to make contact with them they when they eventually gets to see them they say you know we was there all the time mm. oh, he's watching you um again looking on and seeing them um one day, Anne, having finished her morning's work, was sitting in her master's garden. When she fancied, she heard someone moving aside the branches, as though endeavouring to look upon her. She thought it must be her sweetheart, so she resolved to take no notice. Charming. Anne went on steadily with her work. I think she was, um, yeah, it says here now, yeah. No sound could be heard but the regular beat of the knitting needles uh, upon each other. So she was sat there knitting basically in the garden. She can hear the branches rustling behind her like someone's trying to peer through. And she thinks it's some guy that's one of the servant boys. She's fucking... Who's knobbing her? Fair enough. Right. It doesn't say that in the 1626 account. But no, but that's pretty much yeah, that's just pretty much, it. yeah. Um, presently, she heard a surprised laugh. And then again, the rustling amidst the branches... At the back of uh, at the back of her towards the lane, she entered the garden. To enter the garden, it was necessary to walk down the lane to the gate, which was, however, not many yards off. Click click went the needles. Click click. At last, Anne began to feel vexed that the intruder did not show himself, and she um, said out half loud. You may stay there till moss and mildew grow on the gate. Here I'll come to thee. I think that's their way of saying you can stand there all day, but I'm not going to Yeah, stop me knitting. Um, there was immediately a peculiar ringing. Again, this ringing noise. This pops up quite regular as well. This sort of... Um, but that's what it is. It's like a ringing noise, like a, a strange humming ringing noise. And that's reported in a lot of these accounts. Again, where something's not necessarily seen. But again, if you're in the woods and you hear a ringing noise, that's pretty peculiar. Yeah, it is a little bit. Um, so yeah, peculiar ringing noise. And then a very... Uh, a, you know, a loud laugh, essentially, is what she heard. Anne knew that at this point this was not her lover's laugh and she felt afraid. But it was bright day and she assured herself that no one could do her mischief as she knew herself, the general, she to be one of the favourites of the parish. Presently, Anne felt assured in the gar- that the garden gate had been carefully opened and closed again. Um, so she waited anxiously for the results. So she dared the gate basically open and close. In a few moments, she perceived the entrance and she saw six little men all clothed in green, right? Handsome in green. They were beautiful little figures and they had very charming faces and such bright eyes. The grandest of the little visitors, who wore a red feather in his cap, advanced in front of the others and making the most, he, po- he politely bowed to Anne, addressing her familiar with the, with, familiarly with the kindest words. The gentleman looked at her sweetly, and Anne was charmed beyond all measure. She put down 
her hand as if to shake hands with a little friend and he jumped on her palm and she lifted him up to her lap then stop laughing (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you're trying to be deadly serious there and your mind just wanders yeah yeah (laughs) fucking hell he then everyone else's did as well oh yeah well yeah it gets worse and then without any more ad he clambered upon her bosom and neck and began to kiss her I never felt so charmed in her life. And while one little gentleman was playing with her breasts, he but presently he called to his companions, and they all clambered on her, up her dress, everywhere, the best they could, kissing her neck, lips, eyes, the lot. One of them ran his fingers over her eyes, and she felt as if she'd been pricked with a pin. Suddenly Amber came blind. And she felt herself whirled through the air at a great rate. By and by, one of the little companions said something which sounded like tear away or and low. Anne had her sights at once restored. She was in one of the most beautiful places, temples or palaces, gold and silver, trees laden with fruit and flowers, lakes full of gold and silver fish. And in the air full of birds and the sweetest songs and the most brilliant colours. Hundreds of ladies and gentlemen were walking about. Hundreds more were idling in the most luxurious bowers. The fragrance, the flowers, oppressing them with a sense of delicious repose. Hundreds were also dancing, engaging in sports of various kinds. Anne was, however, surprised to find herself find that these happy people were no longer small people as she'd previously seen there was now more than there was now no more the difference usually seen in crowds uh, between the height of them and their their own so essentially everybody's the same height height now yeah more or less Um, and found herself uh, in highly decorated clothes so grand indeed she appeared that she doubted her own identity. Anne was constantly attended by these six friends, and the finest gentleman, who was the first to address her, continued to be her favourite, at which the others appeared to be very jealous. Very jealous people, very, very jealous. (laughs) Eventually, Anne and her favourite contrived to separate themselves, oh I, and retired into some lovely gardens. Then they were hidden by their flowers uh, lovingly did they pass the time and Anne desired that she could continue forever I bet he couldn't though this is the problem with women isn't it <laughs> How, however when they were at the happiest they heard a great noise and presently five of the, five of the other fairies had a great crowd had come and they came in a violent rage her lover drew his sword to defend her, but he was soon beaten down and lain wounded at her feet. Wounded, that is. Uh, then the fairies, who had blinded her again, placed their hands upon her eyes and it was all dark. She feared strange noises and felt herself whirled about and about, as if thousands of flies were buzzing around her. At length, her eyes were opened, and Anne found herself on the ground in the garden again, where she'd been sitting all morning, uh, with many anxious faces around her, all conceived that she had recovered from a convulsion 
fit. According to Moses Mott, Moses Moss, why do I always fucking say that? Moses Pitt, um, and uh, only rated her experience at a later date after she seemed to have acquired her healing abilities. Um, and this was uh, basically um, his wife broke her leg and she healed her leg. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. She said to the she said when she broke her leg that she could lay her hands on it and um, over the next few days the healing of the fracture um, without the need to call upon a surgeon. So again, but she didn't she didn't um, immediately tell this story. When when she came around, all these people were wondering where she'd been because she'd been mm. missing. See, she thought that she'd just been bum bum gone like she'd gone for the garden for have a drink uh, that bit of the knit and that before she went back to work. Um, or went home. Yeah, and it was like three or four days later when they actually found her in the garden. You see, she'd only been away to to oh, to have have her end away with a fairy for a little bit, and then you know what I mean. She fought. She fought a few minutes, didn't she? But it was actually days. And so when she come round, she was in such things. She didn't immediately tell the story. Of course, she's not going to anyway, are you? But under fear for interrogation and told the wife, this is, after the broken leg, that she had been um, told by accident by the fairies that she would be able to heal the mistress's leg through some type of um, fairy power. And once this was admitted, Anne slipped the beans about what had happened to her when she had fallen into this convulsion in the garden. She also confessed that the fairies were now frequently visible to her, but no one else could see them. Again, this crops up from time to time in these stories where once you've got the gift of sight, it's what they call it, um, you can see them. It does make you sound like a madman though, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's why people don't point it out. But there was a guy I used to work with and if he saw a leprechaun, you could see him. And if he fucking saw one and you said he didn't, he'd fucking love you. Big fucking Irish dude. Big cunt as well. But yeah, he said, oh, you see a fucking wee man there? And I go, what? <laughs> it was deadly serious. And he was like salt of an earth guy, you know what I mean? Big fucking dude. But if he fucking said he saw one, he saw one. You never questioned it. But he'd seen them before, and so he could see them now. But it's the same thing with UFOs and things like that. If your mind's not open to it, you won't see them. Yeah, I, I think that's... Well, I don't think... It, I actually don't think that's the truth. I think what it is, for me personally, it's not a case of you won't see them. But you, your brain will interpret them as something else. Yeah. I don't because I don't think, for example, UFOs. I mean, I mean, fairies. I think are probably slightly different in the sense that they can manifest themselves in different ways. But I think UFOs, for example, it's just a case of they they don't they're not going to be able to. If you see a UFO flying over the city of London, for example, where there's fifteen million people, they're hardly going to be able to pick out the ones that believe and the ones that don't whilst it's flying over. So it's just going to be the people who believe that's what it is are going to interpret it as that and the people who don't go, well it's just two aeroplanes really close together. Or mm. do you know what I mean? It's that But I mean people that really have a closed mind now might not won't see anything. They won't even see planes, nothing. Mm. You know? And again that, that makes it very easy for them to to hide in plain sight, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah majority I, said, I, I was talking to the tattoos the other day and um, she was saying, though, she saw so, something in the sky. Yeah. 
You know, so the people are seeing them regular now, regular. But the majority of human history, uh, especially in the last maybe 100, 150 years, you're a fucking nut job if you yeah, point I mean, stuff out. Once that, once that taboo's lifted, you, you'll get a lot more coming yeah. out. And I think, like, like say, a lot of this that's going through now is because they just can't keep a lid on it anymore. Everybody's got a camera phone, mm. you know, all that shit. I know, I know that's stupid to say because at the time when you're looking at something like that, the first the last thing you're going to do is pull out your phone because no, just I like, don't know have you not seen all the videos coming out of, and this is another thing like with Ukraine and Gaza and all that everyone's coming out with I mean to be honest if someone started shooting at me the last thing I'm going to do is pull out my fucking phone but some people manage to yeah well a lot of that was filmed on GoPros by Hamas wasn't it so well yeah no, um, I know that but where was I anyway so she slipped the beans about what happened to her. Yeah. Yeah. All right. She confessed that the fairies were now frequently visible to her, but no one else could see them. Um, and that they had otherworldly influences, that she found herself with clairvoyant uh, attributes and abilities to go long periods without eating food, right? Claiming that she did not need... Um, as the fairies supplied her with a special bread that sustained her. And, and again, this is... I've heard stories similar to that. What, with aliens? Mm, yeah, it is an alien thing, isn't mm. it? The, I can't remember what... We did a story on it. I'm sure that rings a bell. That... Yeah, I, I definitely come across this with alien encounters. And again, we could have touched on it where somebody had been given a pill... It was an Irish guy, wasn't it? And he he's the one that shagged those aliens. I don't know if he did that on the show. Yeah, I or not. think we did. Um maybe it was a Petron I've said or something, but he, he had sex with those aliens and then uh, he had one of us yeah, he's the fucking hair in his foreskin. <laughs> and that's a bitch when that happens. But we right out your ass is there worse, but you wouldn't know being a Jew. But, I'm not Jewish. Um not there's anything wrong with that, but I'm not Jewish. The um, well, you had your knob cut off, haven't you? <laughs> it's not been cut off. Well, yeah, we want to go. You'll go. <laughs> thanks. Behind it, now you? there's thousands of people out there that no. So thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, knob cut off. So, but yeah, they um, the pointless bit of skin on the end. Yeah, the hair not... under his foreskin. But yeah, they but but they give him a pill, and it was just it basically sustained him for seven days. Yeah, and he went to like the doctor. I don't know that. if we did this as an episode or this was just one of your random rants that oh, you yeah, have on the phone we need to do it. Then, but yeah, they, <laughs> but yeah, they, the pill gave him basically. He went to the doctors and that, and they checked all his levels and that, and he was, he was, everything was correct, bang on. Yeah, yeah, and he, he had that for seven days. Anyway, so she had something similar, but it was bread. Makes it easy, I suppose. Uh, clairvoyant abilities, but a long periods of eating that will come into play in a minute. Anyway. Uh, claiming that she did not need to, as they supplied with a special bread, right? Pitt also chronicled her apparent abilities to make herself invisible, something which she explained as another gift that the fairies uh, bestowed on her, but only she could use it sparingly and without malice, right? Well, that'd be pointless. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you're going to use it, you want to use it... To rob a bank or something, didn't you? Changing rooms. <laughs> no, that's not where my mind my mind goes to <laughs> to stealing money. Yours goes to perving on women in a change. Absolutely. <laughs> um, what was I saying before you interrupted me? Sorry, keep doing that. Uh, yeah. So anyway, obviously this word of a healing got around clairvoyant abilities and everything you can imagine. Spread through the county and beyond. 
bringing a steady stream of visitors to partake in their services, for which she never charged. She's not supposed to with these gifts, you know what I mean? You're just supposed to give them freely. Uh, unfortunately, this brought her to the attention of notorious Cornish magistrate Jan Triegel. Why? I really wanted you to say Luca Viali then. Yeah, Jan Luca Viali then. <laughs> that, that notorious Cornish magistrate <laughs> who insisted a warrant for her arrest on the basis of her consorting with the devil. You just didn't understand yeah, which the fairy folk. Um, and she duly imprisoned. And as she became a resident uh, of the mayor of Bodmin, she, which I presume means that he had a jail in his yeah yeah, yeah. in his castle or whatever. Yes, yeah, that is pretty much yeah. the gist of it. She avoided being tried as a witch because um, she didn't have the witch tits. Although there were no more than fifteen witch trials in Cornwall through the main period of the witch craze in the eighteenth century. Um, a small yeah, number compared to Essex, Somerset, etc. Only a decade later, in 1650s, there was the mass trial of 25 alleged witches uh, in the courts of the Aziz, is it? In Lang- Lancashire. Lancaston? Yeah, it's the Pen- that's the Pendle witch trials. Oh, yeah. Six of whom were found guilty and hanged. One was a man. All right. One was a child. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Anne was lucky to escape such fate. She was, however, deprived of food whilst imprisoned. But the fairy allies once again came to her aid and kept her fed with that uh, special bread. Interestingly, in 1647, document containing correspondence from the mayor, and apparently this is now held at the Caldron Manuscripts Archive, um, Caledon is it? Caledon even confirms that Anne's presence in the jail, uh, and that she was de- deprived of food for several months. Okay, it was basically trying to kill her. Yeah. Um, without without any, you know, she couldn't get to the outside world, but she stayed healthy during this period. Um, that's just not possible another piece of tantalised evidence that suggests that what she was saying was true uh, Anne was later released without trial and went to live as a widow in live with the widowed aunt of Moses Pitt near Padstow later marrying a labourer named William Warren she continued to cure people throughout her life by laying hands on them um, hmm uh, whether she continued to consort with the fairies is unknown. In 19, 1693, sorry, in the hope of gleaning more details about the supernatural visitors, uh, Moses Pitt, now living in London, sent a friend, Humphrey Martin, to interview her. Um, and there was a letter. He basically sent a letter back to Pitt saying that he... And I think this is the letter here. This is why I, I um, copied this off, I think it was. So, yeah, so this guy, so Pitt wanted to know how she was getting on, all right? And he was obviously the guy who was employing her in the first place when all this happened. Um, and he'd moved away or whatever. And she, he sent this Martin to go and check up on her and find out what was going on, Humphrey Martin. And so he did. And he writes, as for Anne Jeffries, 
I have been with her greater part of one day, and did react to her of all that you wrote to me, but sight would not own any of it, and, and con- when concerning the fairies, neither any of the cures that she did, she answered that if her own father were now alive, she would not discover to him those things which had happened to her. I asked her for the reasons why she would not do this. She replied that she should not discover it to you, that you would make books and ballads of it. And she said that she would not have her name spread about the county in books and ballads of such things. She might have £500 for it. Mr. Pitt's correspondence goes on to say that Anne was so frightened by the visit, visits she had uh, in the garden that she fell into some sign of convul- convuls- convulsive fit. But when she came, we found her in this condition and brought her into the house and put her to bed and took great care of her. As soon as she recovered about her fit, she cried out that they just came out of the window. They just... They are just gone out of the window. They are just gone out of the window. Did you see them? And recovered. So this is when. So this is what he's recounting after. So this is the letter back to him after he said, "Okay, I met with that woman that you were sent me to meet, and she's saying that it's all bullshit, basically." Um. So then, Mister Pitt's writing back to him saying, "Well, hang on a minute," because he said, "You know, when we." found her in that convulsive state we we took her in cared for her and all that and the first thing she said when she woke up is she cried out they've just gone out the window they've just gone out the window did you see them um and as she recovered a little more strength she constantly went to church she took great delight in devotion and hearing the words of god read by the preacher for herself she could not read um and eventually obviously with the leg the, the leg break of his wife that's when the the that's when they found out more about what had gone on. Um, hmm. So, like I said, there's a bit. There's so basically what that based all that's saying is that after she got out of prison, she sort of kept it for kept it quiet. Yeah. So only people that she really trusted, like this guy, Which just, just kind of makes up. sense when you think. Yeah, a random guy rocks up and says, "Do you know you've been talking to the fairies?" And she's like, "What you're on about?" You know what I mean? Hmm. I, you can understand. You can you can understand it, and I I think especially in sort of the late 1600s, it's a uh, it's a strange time. The but 17th century is very, very it's clear very from, big. It's clear from that, that that Moses Pitt, who was their employer at the time, he 100% believes what she was saying. I think it's... Um, because I mean, he was there when she yielded his wife's legacy. Yeah, and... I mean, there were a lot of... I mean, these like wise women of the villages, they were, you know, back then, they were very, very common. Yeah. But you'd... I can't ever remember, and and the, the problem with them is, normally these were a, a a woman who was slightly outcast, normally a, a widow or a spinster, um, but had traditions and medicines passed down, you know, all this sort of stuff, and and we got to a point in this country, um, 
and yes Americans we we did do it first we got the we had the um the witch trials and things like that uh, uh, you know before America had even been founded but the the puritans that went over obviously they changed changed the game on it but i i think for me there has always been this witchcraft i mean i'm a massive i believe in witchcraft i'm a massive believer in in that ability and i think she would be to me she would be a, a, a pure example of a witch um so trying to keep things quiet is probably you know quite quite sensible when she's yeah, I think she's going to get hung for it. Yeah, um, and the thing in you know, plus a, you don't know if her old man, the, the new husband, was like, you know, keep that thing quiet. You know, well, I mean? a lot of that, well, a lot of it, you know, a lot of it did stem from from husbands and things because you know there were a lot of women who weren't witches <laughs> that their husbands just went, she's a witch, yeah, and that was that was really common back then. You know, you got pissed off with your wife and divorce wasn't allowed, so well, mm. just burner at the stake um but i think for me i've always i've always believed in witchcraft and i've always believed in the ability for someone to create that type of magic i've never been able to do it myself i've never it's never been anything i've sort of studied or been interested in but when you think about the fact that this woman was actually able to do some real essentially real magic mm. But she's claiming that it's not her that's doing it. It's the fact that she's been contacted and, and has help from another being, another deity or whatever, however you want to word it. But I think that that's a massive sort of feather in the cap of, of people who do do witchcraft. You know, is there a link between that type of, that type of a person and the relation to to fairies yeah yeah because we all we all think of fairies as magical you know well, yeah i think a lot of yeah but no but i mean you know a lot of people will see oh they're magical because i i so I'll go back to disney you know disney even disney create fairies that do magic you know no one's ever i've never known oh, yeah i mean they're loosely based on real fairies aren't yeah they? so it's um yeah i find it very interesting and I, I i understand why she kept it quiet after she'd done time um, but again, I, I mean, and the the fact that you know it's in the archives that she was in there for months without being fed. I mean, the the body only lasts is it something like eight days without water, as a maximum. I don't know if they watered her, but without food or or any nourishment, you're only going to get a few weeks. Yeah. So, you know, unless she was like ten ton Tessa, she she ain't gonna have that. And in the 1600s, you ain't gonna have much on your your body to live off are you no so couple of months without food she's not going to survive that and the fact that there is enough evidence there to say that well actually we did do this and she did survive does yeah well put a lot of credit to her story again with this you know i mentioned before about dave politis and he's missing 411 there's a book written in 1910 again it's it's in Old English, so it's very difficult to sort of translate back. Um, but it's called The Fairy Fay in Celtic Countries. Um, and it's by W.Y. Evans Wentz. What? Do you want me to read it? 
Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's some examples here of um, how it parallels with what Dave Pilatus says. Um, again, we haven't got that bottom one. I'll see if I can find it. People who came came back sometimes in a state of extreme confusion. But we've got the rest. But yeah, if you want to read that, you can. Um, yeah. From I feel like I've been pretty quiet this People episode. that tend to disappear in Boulderfield. And again, these points that are on here, if you listen to any um, any of the misinformed one stuff, these, these things tend to come up like Boulderfields, People tend to go missing their water and their boulder fields. Obviously, mm. a dog can't pick up a scent. They come back in a state of confusion. If they come back, they can't remember, like kids that get rescued can't remember what where they've been. Um, but yeah, if you want to, yeah, try and read that. Like I say, it's difficult. I'll but... do. I'll do my best, and I'll see if I can translate anything that doesn't seem right. Fairy preserves. A heap of stones in a field should not be disturbed, though needed for building. Especially if they are part of ancient tumulus or ruins. The fairies are said to live inside the pile and to move the stones would be most unfortunate. Where fairies live, when I asked Patsy where the fairies live, he turned half, half around and pointed in the direction of Dun Angus, which was in full view of sharp skyline of Aranmore. I'm assuming these are just places in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, said that there in a large tumulus on the hillside below it, they had one of their favourite abodes, but he added, the rocks are full of them and they are small fellows. So, again, they've long been associated with, again, like David Pilates says, you know, boulder fields, things like that, but the fairies have been long associated with mountainsides, hillsides. Mm places where there are rocky outcrops and things like that. Again, places where you're not supposed to go. Boulder fields. You know, there was an example of a farmer. He had this um, uh, boulder in the middle of one of his fields, and he wanted to use this field. It's good land. And he decided that he was going to pull this rock out. And everybody told him, don't do it, you know. Don't do it, because you're going to get... It's bad. You know, the fairies won't be happy with you. And he said, ah, fuck the fairies, you know. So he went down there, fucking put a chain round it, got his, jumped in his tractor, started pulling it, couldn't move it. So he put another chain round it, moved his tractor, and he couldn't do it. So he got another guy to come and help him. This guy's like, well, you know, I don't do that. So he said, well, you know, you're going to have to help me. So the guy said, well, I don't really want to do it. But he persuaded him. Um, some say money was exchanged, but he persuaded this other guy to do it. Put the tra- He put another chain round this rock, and they pulled it. And as they pulled it, both the chain snapped and killed them both. And everyone said, that's the fairies, you know? Mm. Just saying. You don't mess with a boulder. I mean, in some Scandinavian countries, they'll still build roads around boulders that are sacred like sacred to the yeah. fairies. They'll build a road around it, even if it costs another 100000 on the on the project. Yeah, they're not moving it. Because it's just bad luck. Yeah. But again, Dave, Dave Plays points out boulder fields, so what's the next one? Uh, people tend to disappear near berry bushes. Berry picking, yeah. Yeah. A girl mushroom re- picking, berry picking. Yeah. A girl recovered from fairy one day just before sunset in midsummer. I and a boy then, my brother and my cousin and myself were gathering bilberries. Beautiful. Never had them. Um up by the rocks. Never mind. <laughs> up by the rocks at the back of here. When all at once we heard music. 
hurried round the rocks, and there we were, within a few hundred feet of six or eight of the gentle folk, and they were dancing. Little women, all dressed in red, came in, running from outside towards us. And she struck my cousin across the face with what seemed to be a green bush. We ran for home as hard as we could, and when my cousin reached the house, she fell dead. Dear. Father saddled a horse and went for Father Ryan. When Father Ryan arrived, he put a stole about his neck and began praying over my cousin and reading palms. That's the, palms as in the Bible, Bible not, not, yeah. And striking, <laughs> for that. striking her with a stole. And in that way, he brought her back. He What's said, a stole? I have no idea. Must be some sort of necklace, eh? Yeah, I would assume it's a Catholic Rosemary beads cross, or something. Yeah. Um, he said, if he had not caught hold of my brother, she would have been taken forever. Yeah. The fairy procession, we were told as children... That as soon as night fell, the fairies from Rath Ringleston would form a procession across Tara Road, pass around certain bushes which have not been disturbed for ages, yep. and join the Gankana, or host of industrious folk. The red fairies we were afraid of, and our nurse always brought us home before the event of the fairy procession. One of the passes used by this procession happened to be between two mud wall houses and it is said that a man went out of one of the houses at the wrong time and he was found dead. The fairies had taken him away because he interfered with their procession. After the 31st of October, the blackberries are not safe to eat and the pixies have been all over them. Yeah. And I believe that... I believe that's actually true. If you look at, I mean, I, I mean, obviously they pinpointed Halloween, but again, this goes back to paganism to me because Halloween is a pagan holiday and there is a reason that it's celebrated. It's not to do with sweets and trick or treat. It's no. to do with all hours, yeah. Hallows Eve, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Sarwen, and once you get past that point. Obviously, yeah. you can you can link that to the to the fact that blackberries obviously are, are safe to pick, and I, I do believe even now we're up to that point. Yeah, not yeah. safe after that. Yeah, yeah. But so. the, the line's tainted after that. You know, that's like I say what we was talking about before. If you remember when we was talking about the two courts, the holy court, the un, the unholy court, and the winter to winter period is the unholy court. Mm. You know, that's where you've got your troubles. They yeah. basically stay inside. Yeah. You know, from October till fucking May, just in your house. Yeah. Um, abrupt weather changes is the next one where people yep. disappear. It says, where fairies live in a spot near Oak Quarter, another place was pointed out where the fairies are often seen dancing. The name of it is Monin and Damsa, or the little bog, or yeah, the little bog of the dance. Other sorts of fairies live in the sea, and some of them who live on Anramore, probably in conjunction with those who live in the sea, go over the water and cause storms and wind. Among the Renrants, rest I would say, the rest of the inhabitants, 
tell about the phase who disappear who appear sorry during the storm these storm fairies are pixies no older than when they went with them yep i mean i i would say that's i know obviously there is links to this but i think to me that's just bad weather well the thing is the amount of times that a search is brought about so the the person's gone missing the search team go in and then bad weather hampers the the search and that the search has to be disbanded for a couple of days or a few days it's like immediately after the person goes missing it's almost like you could say it's almost like whatever's taking these people knows that bad weather's gonna come and that the search can't continue you know and it might be a few days before the search goes back in there and by that time you really ain't gonna find much are you not really dogs things like that so so it's another thing on the list yeah yeah definitely um so the next one (laughs) people of european what you got to remember though is that this is what you're reading now is come from a book from 1910 yeah okay and it does parallel quite closely with what dave politis is saying Mm. so i've reached out to him before about this but he didn't yeah he I mean, got, I, he got back to me about something, but he won't really. I find this one quite funny. People of European, more specifically German, German, yeah, descents tend to disappear, mm. and Dave Plyer says that, yeah, which is weird, mm. especially in America. The amount of people that go missing in America are German, mm. <laughs> but then the Irish, pretty safe. But then I think that comes down to, I mean, genetics. Well, not just that. But I bet if you went into Germany and asked a hundred German people, do you believe in fairies? Uh, one, two. You ask a hundred Irish people if they believe in fairies. Hundred. Hundred will say yes. <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah, well, that's what I say about the open mindedness and yeah. You, I, and 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 not only that, but it, obviously, if you predisposed to it, like you said about. Um, or I said, sorry, about the um, ringing noise, that feeling of being watched. You know, if you know that this shit, you get this thing out of there, mm. don't you? Yeah. Whereas, like, the German folk there, he might not know. No. Saying that, though, they brought a lot of this with them to America, so carry on. Right. Uh, in Europe, the Greek peasant as firmly believes in nymphs and another word for nymphs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like fawn or whatever. Yeah, as the Celtic peasant believes in fairies, nymphs, and other fairies alike. They're often part of the survival of the ancient mythology. Mm-hmm. Among Romanian peoples, the widespread belief in the Lely shows, in other ways, equally marked parallels to the fairies of the Celts. The Albanians, however, have evil fairies no taller than 12-year-old children. And in Greek, in modern Greek, um, I'm not even going to pronounce it, but in English it means those without, uh, who correspond to the Lely, young people who have been enticed to enter their round dance afterwards waste away and die, apparently coming one of the those without. Mm. Those parallels from Romanian lands are probably close to Aryan relations between the Romans, the Greeks, and the Celts. So again, this dates back yeah. 2,000 years plus. Um Recent people are being taken in cities near or surrounding bodies of water. Mm -hmm. And we're not just talking about immigrants coming into this country. 
Um, in some of these cases, where the person is on the phone, a gushing wind can be heard as if taken in the air by something. Yeah. It could be aerial hosts or written above, which live in the water. Um, on people being taken airily, in my experience, there was also always a good deal of difference between the fairies and the hosts. I'm assuming this part wasn't written in 1910 because they're not going to have been on the phone. No. No. <laughs> the fairies were supposed to be living without material food, whereas the hosts were supposed to be living upon their own booty. Generally, the hosts were evil and the fairies were good, though I have heard that the fairies used to take the cattle and leave the old their old men rolled up in their hides. One night, an old witch was heard to say that the fairies outside the fold, or say to the fairies outside the fold, we cannot get anything tonight. The old men who were left behind in the hides of the animals were taken, usually disappeared very suddenly. I saw two men used to be lifted, used to be lifted by the hosts. They would be carried from the south as far as the Barra Head and as far north as Harris. Sometimes when these men were ordered by the hosts to kill men on the road, they would kill instead either a horse or a cow, for in that way, so long as an animal was killed, the injunction on the hosts was fulfilled. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah, fairies and hosts, generally the fairies, are seen after or about sunset and walk on the ground as we do whereas the hosts travel in the air above inhabited by places above inhabited by the people the hosts used to go after the fall of night and more particularly around midnight that's the witching hour isn't it you'd hear them going in fine weather against the wind and convey like birds and they were in the habit of lifting men in the South Uist. Yeah, I, I think that does sound quite alien. Alien? Alien. Alien. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, they're saying, like, you know, the fairies, sunsets all the time, the fairies are around, but then in the night time, these sky people come. Pretty much. Yeah. The hosts and tech people. Mm. I mean, Could what's it that if it's not fucking alien abduction? Yeah. And when you're talking, this was written over 100 years ago, or the majority of it was written yeah. over 100 years ago. There's plenty yeah. of accounts. A majority of these cases are young boys disappear- disappearing. Mm. In some clusters, only boys have been taken. So that's another... I mean, I don't know if that's... Is that common? Is it? Is it more boys than girls? I, <clears throat> I don't, I don't know. really know. I know one of the things is facial hair, though. It's like, if you look at a lot of them, and, I, and I've watched a lot of a lot of his um, YouTube videos, you very rarely see someone with facial hair go missing, which is weird. Mm. You know, like a beard and stuff like that. Which you think most people that go out there would have facial hair of some description. No, but these are boys. That's what I mean. It tends to be... They haven't got any. That's what I mean. So it tends to be the people who go missing are the the clean-shaven, the younger people. Do you Mm. know what I mean? And I don't know why that is. Mm. I've got no idea. But it's just an observation. Yeah. Um, so if you're going in the you know if you're man or woman and you're going in the woods put put a false beard on yeah <laughs> mind you these days uh, right general accounts of fairies taking people 
Encounters with hmm. the gentry. When I was a young man, I often used to go out in the mountains over there. And I'm pointing over there. No. Oh, yeah. It does say that, actually, pointing in the direction. The um, mountain. <laughs> yeah. To fish or for to fish for trout or to hunt. And it was in January on a cold, dry day when carrying my gun, I and a friend with me, we were walking around Ben Bulbin and we saw the gentry for the first time. I knew who it was for I had heard that the gentry described ever since I could remember and this one was dressed in blue with a headdress adorned with what seemed to be frills. When he came up to us, he said to me in a sweet and silvery voice, The seldomer you come to this mountain, the better. A young lady here wants to take you away. Then he told us not to fire off our guns, because the gentry dislike being disturbed by the noise. And he seemed to be like a soldier of the gentry on guard. As we were leaving the mountains, he told us not to look back, and we didn't. I mean, that that there, you've got a little riddle there as well. They're, you know, they're told not to look back, but that, come with us, there's a woman who wants to take you away. And you think, you're a young teenage kid. He was told to stay away from the mountain. Again, this, this you know, be gone, don't come back here, you know, and if you know what's good for you type thing. Hmm. And people, you know, I had a, I had a mate, years ago and I told this story before and every time I think about this story I'm not quite sure where it fits because he was a bit of a tear away his mum had left him when he was young he was growing up with his dad his dad was a minor bit of a bit of an ash sort of fella like not a loving guy you know mm. and um, it's just typical of that era and uh, he, he got on with his dad don't get me wrong but he would he'd try and stay out of the house as much as he could yeah. And so he'd find things to do. So he'd come home from school and he'd find things to do. But he knew he had to be back at a certain time, otherwise his dad'd be pissed off. And um this particular day, you're walking down this lane, this is up in um like Newcastle way on really. Mm. And you're walking down this lane, so you can imagine it's a mining village and all that, and you're walking through these field like this country lane, past these fields, and there was a copse of trees uh in this field quite a ways into the field but and he just spied it and he just thought to himself do you know I've never been to those we lived here a long time we play around here as kids you know but we've never been to those trees hmm. you know you see a field and you see the cops yeah trees yeah and, you know, and um, whatever reason he just thought I've never been to them fuck it I'm going to go and have a look at that and see what's over there And um, but in his mind he's thinking fuck if I go over there my dad's going to be really angry though because he was on his way home because it was getting dark mm. and um, and he thought ah put, fuck him you know I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway, because he's intrigued now. And he was on his own, and he said he got to the fence, the gate, you know, the farmer's gate, and he got one leg over the over the farmer's gate, and he just heard a voice say, no. And he thought, what the fuck was that, you know? And he thought, I must have just imagined it. So he went to go over again, and he said, no, go back. Hmm. And he, he listened to it. And he's like, all right, fair enough. And he fucking went home. But... Do you know what I mean? And I've never known where to... I don't know where to place that story. Hmm. Because it could be... It could be so many different things. It could be the fairy, right? They were there and they didn't want him to come because he would have been he would have been taken at that point so they were telling him not to come. It could be... When people talk about Bigfoot being in the mind speak, 
there could be a bigfoot there could have been sleeping in that little area out of the way mm. no one's gone no one's going there um it could have been nesting down in there seen him coming and told him no mind speak you know to do that allegedly could have been the farmer he just couldn't see him well there was nobody in the lane he said he could see up and down the lane the walls were only what three foot high and uh, there were no one there and this voice was in his head it wasn't like external Oh, right. Right, it was in his head, and it wasn't a voice he recognised, it wasn't his voice, you know, when you have an internal monologue. Mm. It was um, it was a, a harsh voice, you know, no, go back, you know. Um, and he fucking listened to it. And he said it's weird, because he wouldn't normally listen to something like that. If someone, if someone had been there and told him not to do it, he would have just done it anyway. Mm. But this, whatever, and again, it took him two goes. The first time he said no, he was still going. Yeah, he had to say again, you know. Um, but again, like I say, the fairy, it could just be, um, like I said, you know, Bigfoot could have been in, the, in them cops. And there's, there's so many accounts from that area of Bigfoot as well. You would not believe a wild man uh, from that exact area. Um, but again, when he told me this, it's years ago, and I know, an, or, he, or a ghost. See, he always thought it was like a ghost of his granddad or something like that, warning him that if he went over there, he was going to lose his life. There was something there that he was going to get tangled up with, mm. fall in the water, a well or something. And and he, that's how he took it, as a warning, like a... Yeah, like you know a, what I mean? Yeah. Like his granddad saying to you know, because they know what's going to happen. And that's the way he took it. Mm. Um, but again, is that more is that more credible than a fairy? Is that more credible than a Bigfoot? I don't know. But whatever it was, it wasn't his imagination because mm. it happened twice and, you know. Yeah. These, I mean, these next two, I mean, it's almost like they're talking about me. And it says, uh, young, typically athletic men are taken and smart, intellectual, gifted people oh, are taken. Oh, yeah, definitely not going so, there. <laughs> You're here for a long time, son. Um, Mr. J. You're not used to him. <laughs> it, it, it really is people that go are used again Dave Blydis when he talks about those Germans that he talks about going missing they're all sort of physicists scientists hey I'm intellectual but they've got something <laughs> about them do you know yeah. what I mean there's, there's a reason why these people are being taken and I don't know what it is Yeah, but someone's got a purpose for it let's say yeah no one wants a history buff um, Mr. Well, J.C. Lawson um, who was a trainee teacher <laughs> very carefully invested shut one, up man. Very carefully investigated the folklore of modern Greece. Um, says that the Nerids, Nerids, if I'm right, no idea, uh, are conceived as half women, half divine, yet not immortal, always young, always beautiful, mm. um, and at their worst, cruel. Their presence is suspected everywhere, like Celtic fairies. These Greeks Nerids have their queens and they dance all night, um, disappearing at daybreak. Mm. They can cast spells on animals or maladies um, on men and women. They can shapeshift and they take children to their death um, by making, and they can also make changelings. Um, they fall in love with young men. Uh, among the Romanian people, widespread belief uh, in the Lely shows that other ways are equally marked and parallel with the fairies from the Celtic traditions. These Lely wait at crossroads and near dwellings mm. um, or at village fountains or in fields and woods. 
where they can cast on men and women various maladies and sometimes they fall in love with the beautiful young men and women um, and on some occasions uh, even uh, have, they've even been in control uh, they've even been controlled by their mortal lovers um, this brings us directly to the way in which um, the the oldest sorry this is slightly greyed out the olden lelies uh, take fine men and maidens sorry um, perhaps one of the earliest and most literary accounts of such a taking um, is that concerning Ada son of Eoshed Eoshed Lathberg son of the king of Leinster um, he's represented as a contemporary with Patrick. So I'm assuming that's St. Patrick. Mm. Um, while Ada was enjoying a game of Hurley with this boy companion near um, the side of Layman Soft Smock, um, two of the side women uh, who loved the young prince uh, very suddenly appeared and suddenly took him away into a fairy palace and kept him there for three years again this is nothing i bet this i mean i i don't know a huge amount about this this story if i've never heard of this story um it's not something i would google or look for because i can't pronounce half the bloody words in it but i bet his story was i was only gone for 10 minutes yeah i was only there for yeah yeah 20 minutes or whatever yeah but that's essentially. But again, it, it's them looking for this young. Bigger picture of what's going on here. Again, you know. I mean, do the fair. I mean that that to me, and and I'll try and translate that in a a way I've interpreted that is basically these fairies. They look for young, attractive men and women, and essentially they fall in love with them mm. from a distance, and they think that's that's the person I want to marry. Um, they have the power to just take I mean, them away. They have to bring people into their realm to keep the hmm? the, the genetics going or something. Maybe there's a, the, whatever the reason is, we're not privy to it, are we? No. And, um, and they have a lot better control over physics and things like that than we do. Yeah. Well, this one, this is, uh, like I said, the smart, intellectually and gifted people, so... Mm ruling you out yeah well i've got a beard so i'm ruled out anyway um the, the gentry described uh, in response to my wish this description of the gentry was given the folk are the grandest i have ever seen they are far superior to us and that is why they are called the gentry they are not working class but a military aristocratic class tall and noble appearing I'm definitely ruled out there. I'm not tall. Um, they are a distinct race between our own and that of the sprites, as they have told me. Their qualifications are tremendous. We would cut off half the human race, but would not, they said, for we are expecting salvation. And I knew a man three or four years ago whom they struck down with paralysis. Their sight is so penetrating, I think they could see through the earth. They have a silvery voice, quick and sweet. The music they play is most beautiful. They take the whole body 
and the soul of young and intellectual people who are interesting transmuting the body to a body like their own i have asked them once if they ever died and they said no we are always kept young once they take you and you taste food in their palace you cannot come back you are changed to one of them and will live with them forever Ooh. yeah it's quite creepy but it does i mean it to me that that just seems so simple do you know what i mean you know you you hear the stories of fairies and that you know they you, you're always told if they offer you something don't take it yeah so yeah and and that, that that's another example they're saying you know you take yeah. if you eat in their food you know you can, and i bet eat or drink you become a fairy yeah interesting so yeah they're, they're the well, that's, you've got a year and a day is it to um i think it was a year and a day wasn't it i think from the last one so was it 101 days i think it was a year and a day from that that story um no idea couldn't tell you if it's a year and a day or yeah I think it was I think that would be uh, slightly confusing though seeing as the year calendar only came in with Julius Caesar after the death of Christ yeah it's either 100, 101 days or it's a year it's a year and a day to the day that you that you went dis- mm. disappeared it's on that that day that's the day you can get you back and if you don't not there that's it mm. But again, if you've been there a year and a day, it's actually like 15 minutes in their time. Yeah. When it's a year and a day to us. So, I mean, how can you really sum all that up? I mean, half of that I didn't understand. I'm not going to lie. Um, to me, it's it's essentially saying, from all of that, there are certain people that they will gravitate towards. Well, again, um, I think there's a lot of it's about... It is some of that, but again, a lot of it's about right time, right place. It's opportunistic, if you're in isn't the, it? If you are in the mountains, those areas where they... You know, they're not going to take you from a town street, either. No. But if you're in the mountains where they are, then obviously there's potential. Yeah, again, you're fair game. these people that go missing, are, that's where they are. I know it's easy to say because you can say... A sceptic will say, yeah, but you've got more chance of dying in the mountains you know breaking a leg and all that stuff you have but generally speaking if you're in the mountains or hiking that sort of thing you're generally on a trail so even if you broke a leg and bled out someone would come in five minutes they'd be found yeah these people aren't found you know and there's and sometimes there's actually no no evidence they've ever been there again you mentioned earlier about the um the people wrapped up in hides and things Mm. and again we've seen examples of that where people have been found stuffed into trees yeah, things like that. You know, there was that. Um, was it Jenny in the well and Jenny and who put Jenny in the elm tree? Do you remember? Yes. Yeah, and she was found in the fucking elm tree, wasn't she? All squished. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. A human being's not doing that. A human being's not bending somebody in half and squishing them into a fucking anything. No. You know. No, oh, and it, especially if they've died as well. Well, if it was, you try if, and yeah, if you ever tried what, to move, it don't matter how strong you are. You try to move a dead, a dead weight. weight. Yeah, <laughs> Don't. you ain't gonna fold someone up and shove them in no, anything. No. So, again, and not only that, but there's people being found under boulders, things like that. Mm. It, it doesn't make sense. I was looking at something the other day, and off topic, really, but there was an there was a couple hiking. Again, it's it's an area a property 
uh, it's on their property it's an area that they you know frequent quite regular and they were walking around it and they found a tree stump with a boulder placed on top of it and this boulder must weigh i don't know looking at it i'd say a couple of ton yeah it's not normal and it's on top of a tree stump the fuck's that doing there mm. let's see if i've got the picture of that like but it's um it's odd anyway that's fairies part two so i hope if you've listened to part one, I hope this makes sense, which I think it does. I, we give you a bit of a rundown at the beginning, really, as to what happened in one. So I think it does make sense. And, um, you know, you've just pointed out there, Romania, Greece, Albania, you know, Scotland, Ireland, England, you know, Germany. the Norse countries, the Scandinavian countries, Germany. Basically all of Europe. Yeah, they've all got these same hmm. things. And and this is, I mean, you've got to remember, this is written in 1910 by a British... Mm. I so mean, even the Native Americans, yeah, I was going to uh, say Native Americans. They had so. like a thing where they would say they'd run out of resources in one particular area and they was moving to another area. They would they basically form like a caravan or a, a straight line of people to walk through the passes and things like mm. that. But they would always put the infirm in the middle, the elderly, the young, mm. because if they had them at the ends, they'd go, they'd go missing, bang, 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 yeah. bang, bang. They'd look back and want to be gone, further down the trail, another one would be gone. And they just keep disappearing. So they, so they would walk with the with the elderly and firm, you know, in the middle. Yeah. To keep that, to keep the iron with the braves on the outside. So they knew. Didn't know. Well, they what, definitely know. But they knew something was fucking going on. They, they. I mean, again, it goes back to to me. It all goes back to. I mean, I, I could say I talk about paganism because that's that's my background. But when you look at. Um, the Norse, you look at the Celtics, you look at the Native Americans. If you take religion out of it as a, as a pagan tradition and Norse tradition and so on and so forth, every single one of these countries and the people in these countries, they worship the land. Hmm. It's the land that's important. It's nothing to do with God or anything. It's the land, the water, the sun. The sun, yeah. There, well, that's that, I mean, that is basically what I know. That's yeah, what yeah, modern yeah, religion, religion is that, essentially the same. Yeah. But you know, but that that is it. I mean, and you you move into this side of all of these essentially just have different words and different stories, but, but for the same the thing, very similar events. It's the same thing. It's yeah. not even similar. If and, you look at and it. even now, you know, with our modern way of thinking, we talk about alien abductions in very similar terms. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it's interesting. Very, so, very interesting. What can you say? That was a hell of a long episode. Yeah. You know, we, we haven't we haven't done an episode for a couple of weeks, and we just smash them with an hour and a half of. Yeah, well, there was a lot to get through there, wasn't there? There was. Um, again, it, the thing is with this, it it sort of weaves into other subjects. And again, people listen to this. When you're talking about when we was talking about those things earlier on, they would already be thinking like missing form one and shit like that mm. before we even mention that. Really, they, they because. The, because it does weave into things that are going on now. And like I said to you, I've reached out to Dave Players before. He wasn't that keen on it for whatever reason. He's got his own opinions, obviously. But um, I just think there's a. I just think he's missing the boat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think he's trying to reinvent the wheel. Mm. Essentially, he wants it. To, maybe it's not that. Maybe it, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh there. But maybe he wants to be. He he thinks he's got something that no one's ever come across. Type thing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's a bit more of that ego behind it, but 
if he was really to be a bit more open about it, he'd say, do you know what, these been these events, we've just explained, you know, they've been going on since 1910 that we know of in a book. Yeah. So... Well, you go back even further, you've got 16, you've got evidence there of a... Oh, 1600s, 1600s, yeah. you know, 17th century yeah. stuff that's... So, again, it, but... Before America even existed. I, I don't know if he'll ever do a book where he sort of looks at these sort of cases from way back when. Again, people have different opinions then. I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. But you know, maybe I'm maybe being, we should do one. Yeah, maybe I'm being over the arch and but I, I I just seem it for me it seemed like he was set he was set. This is what he, this is what he thinks it is, whether he says it or not. I know now he's basically saying it's aliens, right? So that's his thing. But again, look how many of these stories people come these grey skin beings. Mm. I mean, look, go back right back to like um, again we're going off topic here again, uh, but. Go right back to um, the Gnostics when they're talking about um, the Demiurge and the Archons and things like that. And the way, the way they describe them, they describe these beings as being like, um, you know, a baby looking like a baby with a big bulbous head, big big almond shaped eyes, grey skin, and they come and take you, take people. The Gnostics are talking about what we talk about now as alien, alien mm. encounters. Um, they come and they whisk people away through walls, through windows, whatever. While you, generally speaking, while you sleep. So, is that too dissimilar from fairy encounters where people go missing? Not really. And, it, and we just pointed out there that there is these hosts, these sky version of these creatures. Yeah. You know, that people didn't quite understand, but they could hear them. Interestingly enough, you, you could hear them. And again, they point out that they move against the wind. So they're under some sort of propulsion of their own accord, aren't they? If they're moving against the wind, they're not floating. Um, again, these things, these observations were pointed out by people, like I say, back in the 1600s, back in 17th century, 18th century, 19th century. So, I don't know. I think it goes further back than what people think. And whether we'll ever get an handle on it is anybody's guess but again saying that I was listening to um, what's his name um, Navari ha- Havel Navari is it I was saying there, I forgot his fucking name now but the, the, you know the economic forum sort mm. of spokesman for uh, weird shit based well, for, for AI and yeah. the computer sort of side of things and even he was saying the other day that with AI he's, he's likening AI now to an alien invasion because he was say he said if someone was telling you that there was a, these ships gathering uh, coming from a certain planet and they was on our way here they're going to be here in five years they might be hostile they might be friendly they might cure cancer and all that we don't know and he's he's basically saying that's what AI is at the moment it's 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 there it's coming but we don't know we don't know what, what it's it. going to do and he he's likening AI to an alien invasion the unknown. Mm. And it makes you wonder if in our past we've been at these crossroads. Again, the crossroads come up in the fairy law, don't they? But it makes you wonder if we've been at these crossroads before and have we, did we get through them? Mm. You know, did these ancient cultures that didn't survive? I don't know. I don't know. But again, when you speak, to, when you look at people, Elon Musk and Navari and even the, um, I need uh, Jordan Peterson was, was talking about this, you know, the, the American government sort of released papers now where they've said they've been in communication with entities uh, drug-induced drug um, experiments that they've done where they've been in contact with entities. 
Yeah. They don't know where they are. They're in the ether somewhere. But again, these entities are telling us to build stuff. Um, oh, have you ever tried doing this and that? Putting these together. Oh, right. And now we build something. And we think it's them giving us technology that we need. But is it them giving us technology that they need to get here? Who knows? You know, if they build it, they'll come. Yeah, that's what they say, isn't it? You know? Anyway, I'm fucking boring myself, so. <laughs> I've heard this conversation at some point today already. Yeah, we've got um, another show coming soon, so hopefully you enjoyed that. Let us know. Um, another show? Somebody reach out to us, for fuck's sake. We've been here for a long time now to... Yeah. Hopefully you've been entertained. <laughs> if you got to this point, you must have been. Um, but yeah, so... I bet no one's at this point. No. Well, if you are, reach out to us and say, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that, or I didn't enjoy that, or I disagree, or I agree, whatever. If, if you've got to this point, just reach out and tell us you got to this point. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got through Lee's little... Supernaturalpod at gmail.com. Yeah. That's all in the fucking show notes anyway. Or Facebook. Or Facebook, yeah. But yeah, so thank you very much yeah, for joining us. exciting times coming mm. with us, so uh, you'll yeah. need to stay posted. We'll, we'll have another big announcement for you when the next episode comes out, so... Make sure you come back for that one. Make sure you're listening to that. Get yourself a t-shirt. They're in the description. Thank you, everybody else that's had a look at them or bought one. Yeah, thank you, you know guys. You yeah, um, yeah, fantastic. And the guys who have bought them, um, they look ace. And remember, you can get £5 off exclusively for people that listen to this podcast with the code word podcast. That's mm. barbarianbreed.com. Barbarianbreed.com. Go and get yourself a t-shirt. But that being said, thank you very much for joining us and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Well, they've gone. Though, just for now, it wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back.